0: Hey everyone, welcome to the Dorinda Wilson podcast. I'm Dorinda Wilson, wife to one, mom to eight, nana to seven, and 25 year veteran homeschooling mom. I'm also the author of The Unhurried Homeschooler, a simple, mercifully short book on homeschooling, and Unhurried Grace for a Mom's Heart, which is a 31 day devotional written specifically for homeschool moms. Well, here I am today, and guess what? My neighbor isn't mowing his lawn or having someone over cutting down a tree. So we'll see how this goes. Who knows? He could change his mind in the next 20 minutes. But I am happy to be here today and excited to talk to you about a topic that I think is very, very much on the hearts of families, whether you're homeschooling already or you're considering homeschooling. And that topic is feeling like as a parent that you don't qualify to teach your kids. So many of us have had these feelings and often have them, even as we go ahead and take the plunge and start homeschooling. It's a very common uh, struggle for us as parents, especially for us as moms, since typically we spend, we're the ones who spend, uh, who typically do most of the homeschooling. So before I dive into that topic, I wanted to also just remind you that the four-hour school day is coming out very, very soon. It's just a couple of weeks away. And right now, if you pre-order the book, you will get the devotional for free. And this devotional is one that I wrote to specifically go with this book. And what I love about it is it's going to sort of get you thinking and processing and asking yourself questions It just will help prepare your heart to read the book. And I think the two just are great companions. So if you want to go check all of that out, please go to my website, DorendaWilson.com and click on the uh, image of the book. It'll take you right over to the landing page, and if you order from there, you will receive the devotional instantaneously after you order. If you decide to order somewhere else, you just have to go back to that landing page and uh, put in your receipt number, and you'll still get that devotional for free. I'm excited, you guys. I am so excited because I am seeing more and more and more families decide that they've had it. With the public school system, to decide that they have had it with all the hoops that they have to jump through and the obstacles that their children are having to face just to get an education when at the end of the day, and I will keep saying it and saying it and saying it until my dying day, parents, you can do this. You are qualified. It's not that piece of paper. It's not that diploma or that, um, I guess I should say, also, I I want to mention the, uh, we always think in terms of the, uh, not the diploma, I want to say the degree, right? So yes, it's it's nice to have a high school diploma. I'm not saying you have to. That's what I have. But a lot of us think we have to have a degree. We have to be a quote unquote professional in order to teach our children, or as I often say, facilitate their education. And I'm going to talk about Um, what that means in just a minute. But honestly, parents, who loves your kids more than you do? Who is more invested in their future than you are? If you've had this just nagging feeling that either maybe your kids are in the school system right now and you've just had it and you're like, I am ready to pull them out, I'm going to give you the the thumbs up. I'm giving you permission to pull them out. I especially think that once you read the four-hour school day, you are going to be so Um, encouraged and so full of confidence that you will will move forward and you will do it. You will pull those kids out of school and you will do this thing. And I'm telling you, you will be joining throngs of other parents who are doing the same thing. And I can tell you, those of us who have been doing it for a while or decided to do it before all of this other stuff came down, um, we are right there with you in the trenches. And we want to come alongside of you and encourage you. Um, I think homeschoolers get a bad rap. Um, I I know that occasionally, uh, I think people feel intimidated by homeschoolers because they think we do things that we don't actually do. (laughs) I know that's the case for me. People would, I would tell them that I homeschool, and I instantly knew what was going through their head. They thought I was some, you know, really together mom and who was just had it had my ducks in a row and especially with eight kids I had my little whistle I was like uh you know the von trapp family on on the sound of music where I'd blow the whistle and my children would all line up that was not the case I can tell you uh that it's not just true for me but for many many homeschooling families that I meet we look at each other and say hey we don't know 100% what we're doing we're just taking the next step and that's all i'm asking you to do um, honestly take the challenge for a year tell yourself i'm going to i'm going to i'm going to do this for a year i guarantee you you will not ruin your kids in a year because here's the bottom line when they go to school every day i know that we often have visions in our minds that they're learning all day long for those entire seven hours, and that simply is not the case. There is so much crowd control that has to go on and so many interruptions and disruptions that every single teacher that I've talked to, and I have talked to many, I've asked them how much learning time actually happens in the classroom, and they would tell me over and over and over again the exact same thing, a fraction of the time. A fraction of the time so here's the thing we take our kids home we have what is one of the best scenarios which is a low student to teacher ratio so we're not managing 25 to 30 kids we're managing maybe two or three or four even for me eight was not 24 or 25 or 30 So it totally is doable. Think in terms of like a one-room schoolhouse where you can incorporate um, maybe some of the older kids helping with the youngers, especially once you find a rhythm in homeschooling. We can move on to that topic later on because there's so many different ways to approach multi-level homeschooling. But I'm just going to tell you right now, parents, I believe that you can do this. I believe with all of my heart that you actually are qualified to teach your kids and even more so to facilitate their education because who more than the parents will go to the ends of the earth to figure out whatever we need to do in order to give our kids what they need. We'll do it, right? We've done it in other areas of their life, right? We've advocated for our children's, maybe for their health, for um, for other specific things at school. Um, We are our our children's greatest advocates. If we don't defend them, if we don't take the bull by the horns, nobody's going to do it. And, And time is wasting. We cannot afford to allow our children to continue to be an experiment, okay? Because that's essentially what's happening. We don't know what the results of all of this upheaval are going to have, On our children. I I am 99% sure it is not going to be positive. We don't have time to wait around and see and wait for someone to decide to get things back to normal. So let's take the bull by the horns, let's take our kids home, and let's put on our big parenting pants And do this thing because, again, you love your children more than anyone. You are invested in them more than anyone. You are an expert in your children. I was joking uh, yesterday. I was on a a podcast, uh, Schoolhouse Rocked. We recorded one um, that will be released the week of the book launch. Feel free to go listen to it at schoolhouserocked.com. I will be on there the whole week there answering questions and talking about a lot of different aspects uh, that I talk about in the book. But my friend Yvette over there uh, decided to call me Doctor Dorenda because we were talking about how um, I think the question was, "You have mastered the art of of homeschooling multiple levels," and I had to correct her. I have not mastered the art. Um, not one day went perfect, right? It, I just I did the best I could, and I just tried to. Um, do what I thought was best. I went with this intuition and this gut feeling that God would give me along the way. And it worked, right? But I did tell her, I don't have a degree in other people's children, but I do have a degree in my children. And she said, well, I think after eight children, you probably have a doctorate. So we're going to call you Dr. Dorenda. But you know what? The same thing is true for you. You are an expert, when it comes to your child. You know them better than anyone, and you are the best one to facilitate their education. Because here's the thing, kids are natural learners and curious by nature. You know, they have their own ways of learning. I used to say, or think to myself, you know what, I know my kids want to learn. They come to us wanting to learn, right? They they start to model the things that we do. We smile at them, they begin to smile back. We t- we talk to them, they babble back. They begin to sit up and, um, and then crawl and then walk and they do all these things as they are developmentally ready for it. And guess what? The same is true for their education. They can often be the ones who give us the most direction on what it is that they're ready to learn and not learn. And we can take their, our cues from them because God created them as natural learners and curious by nature. Now that means we've got to tune into them. We've got to be a student of them. We have to know our child, which you already do, but you'll get to know them in a new way as you begin to homeschool. And if you're already homeschooling, and you're feeling unsure, some of these things might really be helpful to you as well. The same principles that would apply to someone who's starting homeschooling um, could also apply if you're struggling in homeschooling. right? I loved when my kids were having trouble, I loved to pull them aside and say, listen, especially if they were having trouble on a consistent basis. Every kid's gonna have a bad day, right? We all have bad days. But when they were consistently struggling, I would pull them inside, and when they were calm, at a different time when they weren't upset about the fact that they were having trouble. Um, I'd pull them aside and say, maybe have hot chocolate with them or something, and say, hey, you know, I noticed you're really having some struggles with your math. Can you tell me a little bit more about what's going on? Um, What's hard for you? Um, What is it you like about math? Is there anything you like about it? What's your favorite? thing to do with math and what's the thing you hate the most see we can take the time as parents to sit down and ask them those questions and we do so many things in that process what we do is we get to know them better we show them that it's safe for them to share our hearts with them with us It's safe for them to say how they actually really feel in the moment. We're building relationship with them. We're walking alongside of them. We're discipling them through their math. And we do that. What discipleship is, is a very relational way of teaching our kids. So there's typically, there are basically two uh, ways to, to educate, okay? There's a lot of methods out there, but... They all fall under one category or another, either the Greek method or the Hebrew method. Now, the Greek method is like what we see in the classroom where um, a teacher will disseminate information and the student is supposed to take it in and then take a test to see whether they, you know, remembered or retained that information. So it's very information-based. The Hebrew method is discipleship-based. It's rooted in relationship. I always say... Education is discipleship. Discipleship is rooted in relationships, and relationships take time. And that's the beauty of homeschooling. We can take the time to sit down and have these sweet conversations with our kids about their learning. And we can work through things with them and what we're going to end up doing. I mentioned a few things already. The relationship piece of it. um, But also, we are teaching them to be resilient. We are teaching them to analyze a problem. So they're critical thinking. They're using critical thinking skills as they think through, what what is it about this topic that's really giving me struggles? And why don't I like that? And maybe we'll learn that they learn a different way. And they will learn that too. In that process, again, critical thinking skills, problem-solving skills, resilience, perseverance. And then they're going to learn also how they learn. This is another, really amazing opportunity we have as we homeschool our kids is that they learn and we learn how they learn. This is so important because um, at the end of the day, our kids need to understand that. If they ever want to really um, go through higher learning, whether that's high school, college, and beyond, trade school, when they know how they learn, they're going to be able to adapt their learning to whatever situation they are in. And I'll give you an example of that. Our son, Ben um, loved role-playing. So he was Thomas the tank engine when he was two and three and flushing his, you know, little trains down the toilet and <laughs> all the fun things that toddlers do. Uh, but he was uh, an engineer in his own mind, right? He wore the suit every day. Really saved me on laundry. Covered up his clothes. It was like coveralls, you know. So that was part. That part was great. He wore that every day until he grew out of it. Then um, he decided he loved pilots, like military pilots, and so we found a flight suit for him at. Um, at a yard sale. And he donned that for another year or two. He finally moved into uh, cowboys. So he had cowboy boots and jeans and a cowboy hat, and he never actually grew out of that. So now he's 23, and um, he is still a cowboy. He loves the cowboy hat and boots. He doesn't actually, you know, like ride a horse or anything. Well, some of the time he does, but he works at a Christian camp. And he loves it up there. But when he was in high school and he was doing geometry... He addressed, when he, when he was faced with starting this course of study, he looked at all of it and he knew that he liked to role play. So he pretended he was a geographer. And that is how he got through geometry. And he didn't just get through it. He actually did really well in the class. This is why it's imperative that our kids learn how they learn. And we can walk alongside that, them and learn that with them. So I want to read to you something, um, just a brief little thing out of my book, um, The 4-Hour School Day, share just a little piece of it with you, because um, it relates to uh, facilitating our kids' education. So as we're, we're doing what I would call a balance, I feel like homeschooling is a balance. It is a balance of directed learning and self-directed learning. So we want to obviously have some directed learning for our kids, but it's also equally important and some days even more important for them to have self-directed learning, especially in the early years, self-directed learning can pretty much be the only learning that they do. And we can just be watching and providing resources as they're interested. You know, if you notice your seven-year-old is really, uh, seems to be interested in dinosaurs or is talking about something a lot. You can go to the library and then you can explore the library together and teach them how to find the books on what it is that they're interested in teach them how to research and read and watch um, documentaries together or uh, visit the creation institute you know there's so many things we can do as homeschoolers but one of the things that was really important to me is leaving that margin and that space open for our kids um, so that I was doing this, the directed piece, but the self-directed piece was also being documented. Someone once said, be stubborn about your goals, but flexible about your methods. This is from chapter 8 on reverse engineering your kid's education. So someone once said, be stubborn about your goals, but flexible about your methods. Nothing could be truer when it comes to homeschooling. With that in mind, I have a comp- confession to make. I never used a lesson planner. It wasn't that I didn't have some sort of daily plan for our children, but I learned early on after briefly trying to lesson plan the conventional way that it was an exercise in futility for me. To start with, if I wrote the plan, I felt like I had to make sure the plan happened or I was a failure as a homeschool mom. For me, plans quickly became expectations. So this is another thing we have to understand. We need to know ourselves as parents, especially, you know, specifically moms because we're typically doing the homeschooling, what 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 our tendencies are so that we can navigate it in a way that doesn't end up tripping us up so i knew that those uh, that plans could quickly become expectations so the sooner i admitted that and made an adjustment the better from very early on i saw that if i wanted my kids to love learning most of the time i had to let them determine the direction because i had no way of knowing any given hour, day, week, month, or year, what my kids' interests might be, I found it both stressful and counterproductive to do too much planning. I couldn't see into the future and know that dinosaurs would be a thing for one child for three months and baking would be of interest to another for just an afternoon. I also couldn't predict what they would ultimately learn from those interests. So instead of writing detailed plans... I wrote skeleton plans that allowed for flexibility. I wasn't comfortable having no plan at all, but instead of having an all-or-nothing mentality, I decided to keep a looser grip by keeping my plan simple. I made sure math, reading, and writing happened each day, but the rest of the time I focused on teaching through family life and allowing a good chunk of free time in the afternoons for that self-directed learning. So... I hope that what you've heard today will encourage you that you can totally do this. So, what I did um, is I would document if you want to, if you really want to see how much your kids learn without you having to direct everything, document all of it. Document the directed learning, but also document everything you see them doing and what they could possibly be learning from it, or maybe what they've shared with you. Um, about what they've learned w- from it. My kids often came in and gave me reports. I went outside and I did this... Uh, I. I set this bike ramp up, and I did it at this angle, and I, you know, went this far away because it was the only way that I could get over that ramp and make sure that I um, got over my brother who was laying underneath it. Okay, well, there's a couple of conversations that are about to happen there. One, it's probably not wise to lay your brother on the ground as you go over him with the bike, although I will say boys tend to do those things, and all of our boys survived, and uh, we do need to let boys be boys, and that's a whole nother conversation, but... You see what they were doing. There was physics involved there. They were they were learning about speed and they were learning about angles and all of that. And, and as they're telling you this, you could ask them more specific questions. Well, what did you learn from that? What was the most interesting thing? Uh, what do you think? Uh, what would you What would you do different next time? Did you make any mistakes along the way? All of that is information to put in a journal. And so we can journal every day or even weekly if we don't want to do it every day, what our kids have done that day or that week. And you will be astounded at how much they learn. And that is one of the most um, fruitful ways that we can facilitate our kids' education. So lastly, I want to leave you with um, an interesting, some interesting facts. Some of the most famous people in history were educated at home. Uh, Some presidents, many presidents were, but Theodore Roosevelt and George Washington were a couple of uh, ones that were. Uh, Statesman Winston Churchill was. Military leaders like George Patton and Douglas MacArthur were all homeschooled. Supreme Court judges, um, scientists like Albert Einstein, artists like Monet and da Vinci, relig- religious leaders like Joan of Arc, and inventors like Thomas Edison. And I would l- want to share with you just a little bit about Thomas Edison because I went to a great website called FamousHomeschoolers.net. I would encourage you to go there and I'll include that link in the podcast notes. But a little uh, little bit of background I read from this um, was that he was the, Thomas Edison was the most prolific inventor. He holds the record for producing the most inventions over a thousand. Few men have had such a direct effect on the technology of modern society. And you, did you know that he did not learn to speak until he was nearly four years old? But even before he could talk, he showed a fascination for mechanical objects. And when he was seven, his family moved to Michigan. He spent three months in a one room school, um, and that was the sum total of his formal education. He was so imaginative that he found school boring, and his mind wandered. Okay, can I just stop for a second there? There are times that I believe, especially early on, our kids, are, especially our boys, can be easily misdiagnosed with ADD and ADHD because they were made to move. At that phase of the game, that is what they were made to do. We have to understand that about basic development when it comes to kids, and especially boys, they were made to move. And so um, he was having problems because he was bored. Often these kids who get diagnosed with these things are actually Brilliant, and they just need the freedom to learn the way it works for them. At the same time, Edison spent many hours reading. Um, oh, I'm sorry, I jumped ahead here. So, he also had a hearing problem, which made uh, learning difficult. So, he was thought to be what they called a dull student. So, he would have been in a remedial class or a, a class for the delayed. Yet he was such an inquisitive child that he often pestered his teacher with questions, okay? So Edison's teacher got impatient and said his brain must be what they call addled, so delayed or whatever. So his mother pulled him out of school to educate him herself. And Edison enjoyed being taught by his mother. Can I just stop there? Warm, loving, engaged parents are the best teachers or facilitators of their kids' education their children okay I, I just love this. so at the same time he spent many hours reading both in their home and library, their home library and at the public library and his uh, father gave him a 10 cent reward for every book he completed. so he went on obviously to do some amazing things I would I would just encourage you to go and read the rest of this biography along with all the others that are on here. it's called famous, homeschoolers.net. So I just want to leave you with that word of encouragement. Um, Oh, more modern famous homeschooled kids. Tim Tebow, who is an NFL quarterback and motivational speaker. Emma Watson, um, an actress famous for her role in the Harry Potter series. So at the end of the day, you guys, we as parents... responsible for our kids. We are responsible for everything they're exposed to. We're responsible for every part of them, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, their education, everything. We stand before the Lord accountable. Whether we send them and we hand them off to someone else or not, we are accountable for, for everything that they're exposed to. And so parents, don't be discouraged. We live in a day and age, if you can't homeschool now, um, I, I don't even know what to say. We have so many resources, so many resources, and there, and we can outsource things. You know, we can we can get a tutor there. I am telling you, God will provide if He is laying this on your heart and pricking your heart to do this. I am fully confident that He will provide everything you need. And there's a great and growing homeschooling community to help give you the support you need. There's tons of stuff online. There are homeschool conferences. Parents, you can do this. Go pick up my book, The 4-Hour School Day, read it through, and then take the challenge at the end of the book. I would love to see more and more Christian families turning their hearts towards home and doing this amazing thing called homeschooling. I tell people all the time, this is a privilege. It is a privilege to homeschool our kids. And after all these years, um, I can honestly say, at the end of all this time, our oldest is 30 and our youngest is 16. We've graduated seven so far. Homeschooling our kids was one of the single best decisions we ever made. Was it ever hard? Oh, yeah, it was but we, we did it, we faced the obstacles, we got through them and our family is better for it. So parents, you can do this, let's pray. Lord, thank you for these parents who are considering homeschooling or who are homeschooling already and maybe uh, just feeling discouraged. God, I pray that the words that were spoken today would bring life and breathe life into their hearts and minds. And God, I pray that you would continue to faithfully lead them, Lord. I know you will. Help us to be found faithful, to continually seek you for what you have for our kids, Lord. And fill us with confidence. Give us the encouragement at just the right time. Lord, we know ultimately at the end of the day we are leaning hard into you and that you will be faithful. In Jesus' name, amen.